Um, it's, it's lovely to see you all. Um, when Rod shared about all this idea, Rod and Shane shared, shared the idea of sort of choosing a song or a poem um, that served as a modern day psalm, I, I thought it was like, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to do something. Um, and the first thought, I thought, oh, I'm going to find an amazing song. You know, I just had songs floating in my day and I thought, oh, I'll find it. Um, but nothing had quite stuck. Um, and I, for those, most of you know this, I'm now four months into being a mum. Um, we had little Annika back in May, our little lockdown baby. Um, I had... Uh, a friend who's probably our, he's probably our most left-leaning friend there possibly could be um, on the hippie side. And he, he asked me, you can tell that he's, he's not had a child, but he asked, did you have a divine encounter in the moment of giving birth? Um, <laughs> I was like, well, hell no, I did not have a divine encounter um, at that particular moment. Um, and it got me thinking, um, especially in the first few weeks, like, where is God in this space? Um, sometimes you can conceptualise God or sense God or have a, a God, the divine is formed in your mind and heart, but um, in new motherdom, there was no such thing. Um, and I explained it to Leah when she asked if sort of God just sort of disappeared into the every single, in the every day of just waking and feeding and changing. And um, there was this, you kind of like if everything had a tiny glimmer to it that you're like, oh, the divine is inside all of this somehow. I can't see it, but I just have a sense that the glimmer is on top and in and through all this. Um, and um, I'm getting to the poem, but um, so I was here I am trying to find a great inspiring song that would be lovely to share. And on a morning walk, I um, to get the baby to sleep, I, I talked to talk to her and I, I come up with a list of top tens um, and I start talking to her and she falls asleep, usually around sort of my top five when I've got to a top five. And it can be the top ten cars that I've you know color of car and I'm chatting away and, and no, the good thing is no one questions a, a mum talking to her baby like the baby there couldn't even, might not even be a baby but you just can talk to yourself um and then I started doing um the top 10 signs of spring um which was probably one of my favorite top 10s and I would say hey bubs you know look there's a there's a, a tree that's the first you know leaf on that tree um and I would look for on my way to go and get a coffee every morning have a top 10 um, signs of spring and that led on to top 10 hopeful things that I see on my walk to get a coffee um, and that kind of led I guess to this poem was um, me thinking and walking in this sort of meditation of as I walk what are hopeful things that I'm seeing um, and that would often be in nature of um, this leaf this you know this sign of the change of seasons and this bird um, and so that has kind of led me to the poem. I'm not the biggest poem person. Um, they sometimes capture me, but rarely, you know, they kind of sit in my day like a song would. So I was a bit reluctant to choose a poem. Um, but I chose the poem, Hope is a Thing with Feathers. Um, and this poem is best looking at a bird <laughs> or being outside um, in that sort of um, uh, just kind of, whimsical space rather than that critical analytical 
biblical theological mind. It's a bit more in the playful um, space. So I'm going to ask um, Louise um, of Pat and Louise Rod, if you can unmute her, um, to share the poem by Emily Dickinson, um, and it's called Hope is a Thing with Feathers. Okay. Thanks, Tamsin. Lovely word pictures there, walking in the spring. Um, hope. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. Um, I get lots of birds. My morning starts on a good day in the sixes, um, on a bad day in the late fives. <laughs> so, so I'm like around when there's like, I, I, I open my eyes and think oh, it can't be time to get up and you start to hear the birds singing and you think it's very beautiful out there, but I just want to be back in bed. <laughs> but that's apparently when the day starts now. Um, but I, I think I like this um, poem is um, hope is a very hard thing to, to capture, to, to get your head around um, and but as we've sort of looked at the, um, the psalms in sort of um, orientating psalms, disorientating psalms and reorientating psalms, you do see hope. Hope is all throughout um, uh, the kind of psalmists never stay in dark places for long. There's often some, some psalms have the the optimistic start, the dip and despair and the loss of God and then the proclamation of the God they maybe don't see but they know and they'll proclaim the divine, you know. So this sort of psalm has this beautiful little path. Um, and um, I'll just quickly read Psalm 121, which has this kind of lift of like, I guess, the hopeful orientation. Um, so the Psalm 121 I lift my eyes to the mountains. From where will my help come from? My help comes from Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. Yahweh, who, who, Yahweh won't let our foot, let footsteps slip. Our guardian never sleeps. The guardian of Israel will never slumber, never sleep. I can relate. <laughs> Yahweh is our guardian. Yahweh is our shade. With God by our side, the sun cannot overpower us by day, nor the moon by night. Yahweh guards us from harm, guards our lives. Yahweh guards our leaving and our coming back now and forever. Um, and so, yeah, so I kind of sort of, I like that psalm also of just this kind of, again, this proclamation of um, maybe something that doesn't necessarily always feel true, but there is this kind of Yahweh that we know. Um, and the last um, this is my little mini sermon for the day. The <laughs> last, I think you might know this um, from Isaiah 55. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There will be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Um, and and so I guess uh, my, um, I, I, I notice I wonder is that um, I have a complicated relationship with hope because 
hope um, can be really disappointing to be a hopeful person in something. Um, I've prided myself on being um, a pragmatist about hope. Um, that aim low and you won't be disappointed. Um, don't get your hopes up. You know, like, like I still remember back in um, high school of like, my aiming for my TR, I think I set my bar at a TR of about 20 out of 100. I thought if I aim low, then whatever I get above that, wonderful, but I've, I'm not going to be disappointed. Um, I won't. Um, and so I'm kind of cautious around hope. hope. Um, and I don't know if, if anyone can relate to that of just the disappointment of hope unfulfilled is it can really break, almost break you. Um, when something doesn't come about the way you thought it would makes you not want to actually hope. Um, there's, um, I, I quite like this um, kind of difference between hope and uh, optimism that um, Miroslav Volf kind of, he, he reflects on, it's more Jürgen Moltmann, um, sort of a theologian philosopher. Um, and he would look at, um, Hope and optimism both have to do with positive expectation, yet the two are very different. Optimism has to do with good things in the future that are latent in the past and the present. The future with the future are associated with optimism. It's an unfolding of what already is there. We look at what was past and what's present, and then we're optimistic about what might happen soon. Um, Hope, on the other hand, has to do with good things in the future that come to us from outside, from God. The future associated with hope is a gift of something new. Um, and I might word that as like a future grace um, that breaks in, um, not just based off sort of statistics, but a, a grace that we can't quite comprehend. Um, and for me, I'm cautious. I think I've rephrased it, but I'm cautious about optimism. Um, just. I hope to be a bit more optimistic because it's not a lovely way to live being a pessimist um, and not hoping in anything. Um, but the hope where grace might come, God might come in the future. Um, it's like, um, it takes me back to the, I guess the poem of like, there is a song um, and as Christians out or, a, you know, of some form that there is a song of God that we're attuned to that is pulling us forward um, that is not linked to certain outcomes, but it is continually asking us and pulling us into a brighter future or maybe a, a more that God is coming and that we are here to herald that and look forward to that and try and get our head around that. Um, I don't know what that, that means. Um, and it can be very hard. I think now, especially with global warming to stay hopeful, you know, I think hope has taken a bit of a blow with some of, with our world. But, um, yeah, um, that's there's some of my little observations about, um, yeah, go into my head and get too intellectual, but I go back to the poem that hope is, a, hope is like, a you know, a thing with feathers um, that is continually there, that um, tuning in and using nature to help me just look at a bird and think, some, you know, God and of the future, God of the past, God of the present, will continue to come in grace and surprise me um, in ways that I had not quite seen. Um, so I, I wanted to throw it open to, the, to you and to ask, I guess, in these difficult, complicated times, what are your signs of hope right now? Um, 
where have you seen hope? Um, there's no right or wrong. Um, but either I notice I wonder in the psalm in the verse or um, what has caused you to be hopeful of recent um, and please speak up if you haven't. I'm not normally someone who speaks up in the in the group, um, but if that's you like me, do it. Just speak. To, like I, I've probably the good thing about community is that we kind of need each other to be each other's heralds of hope. Um, none of us are going to have it all the time, and we will go through periods where there is no hope um, at all, and we rest on each other's story and others access to the light when we don't have that access um so i would love to hear if anyone would like to share what is hopeful for them it could just be their morning coffee like that is a very hopeful moment for me right now um but but what's your your hope right now i've got one that's oh if i may yeah. it's actually quite inane but at the start of the first lockdown um, my husband and I were joking about like lockdown hobbies. And I thought, I'm going to get a model trebuchet. And it took for, you know, it just, it took forever to arrive here. Um, we I kept tracking it and it was meant to come in June, then July. And it just never showed up and it just disappeared from my, uh, my eBay feed. And every time the door would ring with like a delivery, my housemates, I would just yell out, trebuchet, trebuchet, it's the trebuchet. And it, it never was. Um, yeah. About 10, min 10 minutes ago, the doorbell rang <laughs> and I ran down the going, trebuchet, trebuchet. It's the trebuchet. <laughs> it arrived like six months. I ordered this at the start of lockdown. The last day of this lockdown, it arrived. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the same category as you. We ordered like... They're kind of neck scarves that turn into face masks, mm. like that you can convert. And we ordered them in the first lockdown, like way back. And they've disappeared. They've just, who knows where they came. And they came, like, I opened the letterbox this morning and there they were. Mm. And they've come from China. So George is like, should we, should we what? You know, like, I was just like, what, what, how did they get? So they've traveled the world. Anyway, we also got our, our delivery this morning. <laughs> can you tell us what a trebuchet is, Ben? Um, it's a piece of medieval siege weaponry. Oh, <laughs> man, I love it. That's what you need. <laughs> we for the siege now, anyway. Yeah. Um, Tamson, could I share something? Um, you asked what, um, what was the question again about the hope? Oh, uh, what is a sign or what is hope, hope for you right now? Oh, yes. Um, well, I, I think you've already talked about spring and, and the, the opening up of all the nature and the flowers and things like that that somehow give us a, a moral or a mental feeling of hope. But I also think, um, you know, unfortunately on the media, we, we get thrown with all the negativity so much and, you know, everything's going downhill. Um, but I have hope in, in community and in, in people because we've seen so much of it in this lockdown, just in our local community, people helping each other and um, stepping in, you know, when they didn't, um, you know, when there's no call for it, but they just do, and people helping each other and, and also um, in scientists, you know, and people coming forth and, you know, discovering new new ways of, 
you know, uh, well, the vaccine, we all talk about the vaccine, but, but just ways of in, improving the climate change, uh, change thing, um, you know, and, and getting better energy, renewable energy. So that's, I think that's what we have to hang our hope on because we get terrible science reports, but then we think, well, there's people out there saving whales, you know, and trying to get them back into the sea. And, and there's, there's lots of things like that, that, that give us hope. And I think we have to hang on to those small things that we hear about because sometimes we're overwhelmed with the negativity as well. Um, and I just thought too, um, as you were talking about it, of the, the famous um, uh, scripture of uh, 1 Corinthians 13 that is often read at weddings. And it, of course, you know, it talks about the greatest as, uh, as uh, love. But I just look back and it says, um, love never gives up and its faith, hope and patience never fail. So I think hope is intrinsic, intrinsically um, linked with love. And if you, if you keep loving and caring and you don't give up, you know, the hope is sort of interwoven in, in with that. Um, yeah, and, and, and love is, is the greatest thing, but hope is definitely very much part of that. Yeah. Thank you, Lou. That's, mm. Thanks, Louise. I, yeah, I flashed through my mind the uh, faith, hope, and love. You know, the, um, yeah, the hope and the love. You know, the greatest is love. Um, I, uh, responding to what you were inviting, Tamsin, um, I had go through my mind um, Richard Raw's. Um, he, he has quoted it often um, about that. Um, God's agenda is what comes to me every day. And, and of late through the lockdown, I've been trying to be more conscious of that of, because the days are, are somehow smaller in the sense of, um, you know, I was talking to Jim next door yesterday and he said, oh, you know, all I do is look at the four walls, you know, and it's, uh, it was a fairly pessimistic thing. Yeah. Uh, and we were joking about that, but, but, you know, God's agenda is what comes to me every day. And uh, I, somehow I find hope in that, um, that being aware of even the small things and even the great things like a trebuchet arriving um, <laughs> uh, would, um, yeah, somehow, somehow there's hope in that for me, that awareness that God's agenda is what comes to me every day, you know, even if in the small things of a, uh, a smile or, you know, a knock on the door or a delivery or whatever. I, yeah. I, d I d don't know how, yeah, I'm not overanalyzing that, but there's hope in that for me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And hope sometimes doesn't have, it doesn't have neat edges. Like it's, no. it's hard to, to put on what is it exactly. Um, yeah. But it's, if yeah. you sense it, you know, when it's, when it's on in you or. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's so true. I, and I think I think the hope is that if God's agenda is is what comes to me every day, is that tomorrow is there's hope in what'll arrive tomorrow, you know. Yeah, what will show up, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I like the idea that it's not it's not a sealed thing, it's like an it's an unfolding that Yeah, unfolding. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm. I think um I like in your poem the fact that 
hope is chosen as a bird because it's such a small thing and, and I notice with our lives sort of becoming sort of small in, in some ways because we're you know at home 5k's all of those kind of things I think it helps you find it in the small things and and also like the last part of the poem that talked about that it never asked a crumb of me it's like one of those things that you don't have to fill in a form for or don't, there's no obligation at the end it's just it's sort of it just appears like a bird just appears in your garden the, the hope just sometimes yeah. it just appears and you know maybe in unexpected places or in in very small things so sometimes it's it's a matter of just you know also being in a space to be able to notice those things and grasp onto those things and or maybe not even grasp onto them because yeah but just just notice the things and enjoy the moment i think is part of it I think the way that our worlds have shrunk and slowed and we've started to appreciate the small things of life and that we don't need to be extraordinarily busy and doing amazing things and actually finding some richness in that. There's hope in that, that no matter what our circumstances and uh, whatever our situation, that we can find some joy and we can find some gratitude in the small things of life and in the little interactions. Mm. Thanks. Hey, Annika here. Um, I just wanted to share a little story about a bird um, recently that my house and I experienced. Um, and it sort of, I think, captures the nuance of that like breaking in of hope into um our experience we uh our doorbell rang the other day and there was a, a middle-aged couple um at our door which was already shocking <laughs> um and the man was holding in his hands cupping something really gently um and he was saying oh there's a baby bird has been attacked by a magpie on your front lawn um you probably need to keep it around here, but we don't want to put it back on the grass because the, the magpie will just get it. Um, so we got a box for it and we, we rigged a little, um, yeah, a little basket situation out of the, the box and some twine and dangled it outside my bedroom window, um, which is near the front lawn where we found, where the bird was found. Um, and for the last few weeks I've sort of just had a, a baby bird outside my window and could hear its parents come and bring it food um, and feed it and hear the little chirps. Um, the box has fallen over so I'm not sure if they are still living in there or if there, there is a nest in our roof or something but um, something about feeling holding that little baby bird and putting it outside my, my bedroom window and hearing it chirp as I'm in lectures or doing work has been, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how hopeful I've been, but it has definitely been something. <laughs> yeah, birds, <clears throat> birds have been an incredibly important part of my and the girls' lockdown, just getting to know the birds of our neighbourhood and the, their names, and they also found a, a fledgling that had fallen out of its nest the other day and were part of its rescue. Um, but uh, I was also struck in the, in the psalm where it talks about, you know, the sun cannot overpower us by day nor the moon at night, this sense of incredible vulnerability that ancient people 
had um, to everything around them and that vulnerability of birds. And yet, uh, I mean, I, I sometimes wonder in winter how they even make it through the night. Um, so cold and they're so light and so vulnerable. And yet um, every morning they're up with their song and it, seem, it does really seem like the perfect symbol of, um, of resilience and vulnerability and, um, and indomitable hope. Yeah, it is such a beautiful mm. image. And it, yeah, like I say, it's been a big part of my lockdown. Yeah, I think, you know, as a church, you know, our, our community is one of, of that continues to, to be, I guess, believe in something hopeful um, for each other in the absence of um, we keep discovering what that is. Um, every time I think, I think I'm traumatised because every time I think of hope, I think of like someone putting a patronising or a, you know, little post, you know, stay hope, you know, on Facebook or the the dare I say, who was it? I think it was at Josh who used to work at Kurong, but um, like a Kurong poster about a hope verse that's just so not helpful, especially if you're in a very shadowy place. The last thing you need is someone quoting an out of context scripture at you to be hopeful. Um, and hope is just too fragile for that. It's too precious for that. It um, We are hope in and of ourselves. Um, and we also hold when hope is absent or um, that we can't hear the song of the bird or um, there does not even seem to be a bird um, that we are a church as we form our psalms of our community and that we're a community that can hold the quiet knowing that the bird was you know and knowing that the bird will be but it may not be now um, so we if you have um, an element of some form I have I'm going to like totally pull out all that. I've got like raw carrot cake. It sounds gross, but it's healthy. Um, and then a very green, healthy juice of some form. Um, this was after my croissant rose. I've, I've rose. I've already had a croissant, so don't, nobody give me any healthy credits for this. Um, but um, if you want to take um, whatever you're eating and drinking today um, uh, and in, in the light of um, symbol of Christ who, is is and was hope um, and will continue to be hope even if we don't know what that it means at the moment for ourselves um, but we we gather and we eat and drink um, because we know in this is something of of truth and life to our community and that hope is a little light that we continue to look towards it is um, a song that we continue to listen to and we continue to sing about 